Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Build Fighters and decided to reconquer the next real Gundam series. My name is Jeremy. I'm wearing a magical exoskeleton right now. I'm Tyler. I'm being assisted by uh, Kip here. My name is Zach. Uh, Kip is a llama. He's very cool. Today we are watching episode 21 of Reconquista in G, The Weight of the Sea. A lo- just a lot of stuff happens this episode, and I'm not sure what I think about any of it. Uh, if you're just joining us, for epi- if you just want to watch episodes that are, I was going to say double digits, but if you only watch episodes of Gundam series in the 20s. Uh, let's see here, what happened? Some guy shot a hole in the sea in space. Yeah, before that, though, there was the megafauna. In the beginning, there was the megafauna. Technically, he stabbed a hole in a space station. That is true, he did stab a hole. But, like I said, in the beginning, there was the megafauna. It was a cool ship that Ameria built, and we're like, you know what would be cooler? Is if we pretended our soldiers on this were pirates. And they did. And then they kidnapped Belry, who is a boy from the capital territory, which Ameria didn't like. But... He was able to pilot their coolest robot that fell from space with a girl in it who didn't have her memories. And thus, the Megafauna crew is born. <laughs> You're forgetting about the reason why Bellry joined up with the Megafauna. Because, because he wanted to fuck his sister. <laughs> who he didn't know was his sister at the time. But then... In his defense. But then they went to the moon and found out they were brother and sister. Along the way, they got Curbs, Bellry's old instructor. and The one he didn't kill. <laughs> yes. And Naredo. Who Bellary's childhood friend, and then Raraya, who fell from space, got her memories back, and a wild Ringo star appeared and wanted to fuck Raraya, <laughs> so he joined the crew. I'm sensing a theme here. There, uh, there's the captain of the ship, but I always forget about him. Danielle Toss. No, no, because he always forgets about everyone else. Ah. That was that was the joke I was setting up. Uh, but... They also got Raraya's neighbor Flami, but she turned out to be a traitor. Put a pin in that for now. And also, Raraya's neighbor's friends, whose names I refuse to learn. <laughs> Is one of them Luca? I, I think so. I Maybe? Anyway, they were hanging out at the moon and were frustrated that they were brother and sister, and that moon nonsense was the same as Earth nonsense. So they decided to see if there was even further nonsense by going to Venus Globe, the space colony where all batteries are produced and then shipped to the moon to be shipped to earth (laughs) and it turns out that venus globe nonsense is the same as moon nonsense which is the same as earth nonsense but with a twist i was gonna say except for that the moon nonsense i'm sorry the space colony nonsense faction is led by rora norazoro aka captain kia (laughs) he's a researcher who wants to hijack the ship that transports batteries Question mark, question mark, question mark. So he can Profit. reconquer Earth? We don't know that Maybe? Yet. I think they said it. Yeah, they did call it Reconquista. Um, That's a word they keep using, and I is. do not think it means what they think it means, which is to say anything. <laughs> Besides, roll credits. Also, they uh, attached bombs to the heads of the captain and co-captain. Vice captain? Executive, Executive officer. officer. Of the Crescent Moon ship, which is the battery ship. And they're like, hey... All you Earth people, get on your ship so we can eat you, or we'll blow them up. So then the Megafauna attacked back. Roranora Zoro, a.k.a. Captain Kia, attacked them back back. Unfortunately, he stabbed into the colony and the ocean fell on him. So then Bellry flew in and was like, holy fuck, there's an ocean in here. And I think that's everything. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's a fairly good summation of where we're at. Yeah, sir, not appearing in this film, Klimnik. Um... The genius. Yeah, but yeah. pretty much all the other characters oh, just don't show up. Mick Jack, Mask. Oh, Manny. Uh, they got oh, a yeah, stowaway. Manny. She's from the Capital Army. She's in love with Lou and Lee, 
who is not Mask, we didn't mention earlier. Uh, she's also Naredo's cheerleading friend and knows Bellary. And is kind of a prisoner on the megafauna? Not really. She was like, I'm a prisoner. And they're like, no, you're not. Get well, over here, man. That's because they don't know what prisoners are. She was tried under pirate law and found innocent. <laughs> uh, speaking of Roran Arzara and pirate law, I did promise I would tell you the most inane One Piece theory I've heard. Because I've been super depressed for the past week, so all of my free time has been spent trying to edit a podcast, failing, and just listening to One Piece theories instead. Uh, there are many candidates, but I think the winner is One Piece is an Afro. <laughs> it's one hair piece. Yeah. <laughs> Why would that be? The theory does have a logic to it. It relies on a lot of other One Piece theories that are not yet proven. The main point of evidence is that Goldie, Roger, and his crew, whatever it was, they all unanimously just laughed at it. Hilariously. And what's funnier than an afro? <laughs> I can think of several things, but... So the, they found this one piece and they all just laughed at it? Yes. Um, okay. I was going to say it's, it's a one-piece suit. Uh, look, many people have theorized that as a joke. <laughs> I, I like the joke that it's a bottle of sake. Because it's not the friends we found along the way. It is a physical object. Representing the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be very in fitting with the theme of the show. Yeah, and it fulfills Oda's promise that it's not just the friends we made along the way, it is a physical treasure. <laughs> that just represents that. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> and look, pirates can't be upset with a bottle of good grog, right? This is accurate. Do you know that grog has an official recipe these days? I think it did in the in the old times as well. I mean, it's just rum and lime. Um, it's not particularly exciting. You're one step away from being a daiquiri. All you need is that sugar and I guess the tea because the Wellerman's here now. Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because they want to drink alcohol, but they also need citrus in order to, you know, not stay die scurvy. Uh, well, also, have you ever had just straight rum? I'm a rum guy. I really like rum. Straight rum, not a great thing. Tyler, I don't drink. You know that. <laughs> There's not enough frozen strawberry and sugar in the world for me to enjoy rum. <laughs> that's why we're still kind of have the question of what kind of drunk am i <laughs> uh, so we're gonna watch episode 21 of recon gista ng the weight of the sea you can watch along too if you know the ancient ways if you have found the one piece it was just a dvd set of recon gista ng blu-ray set and, and that's why roger was like oh we're too early because blu-ray players hadn't been invented yet he only had that dvd Oh, man. One Piece has been around for, through three separate media switches. It started with VHS, didn't it? The manga started in 97. The anime, I don't think, started till early 99, so DVDs were a thing. And Japan is ahead of us, so surely they had destroyed VHS but with it, a moon laser. But it started when VHS was still going around. That's true. Meanwhile, in not space. Uh, so we start with a whirlpool, because the ocean is falling out. And Bellary is like, man, is this a real ocean? I'm not high, am I? So he tries diving into it. He's like, oh, crap, it's a real ocean. And then just takes his helmet off for some reason. And then he's like, oh, wait, I chased a guy in here. Where is he? My, my favorite line, I think, in this entire episode is, and there's gravity, my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> no, gravity isn't his enemy. It's just a minor menace. Oh, he says that enemy. Um, I assume he's actually referring to the GIT guy, but. Kia, yeah. Um, <laughs> I do like how he's like, I've done, the captain here is like, I've done something terrible. So he's like, it's my fault, but it was because of those guys. It was, I, I did it because they were there. Obviously. Not, not because I did it, I wanted to. Uh, we did talk about last week about how fucked up you would be if you were the guy who cut a hole in the ocean. 
Especially, like, it's and taboo kind... for them for a very good reason, right? And, yeah, because it kind of sentences, like, millions of people to die. Yeah, which B actually mentions Unless later. they can fix the hole in the floor. So Kia starts attacking Bellary, who fires back. Kia he has dread- funnels? He's got funnels. It's kind of cool. But I do like how, like, while he is kind of shooting at Bellary, his focus doesn't seem to necessarily be on Bellary. Who is then attacked from the sea by Kia's ally, Chikara, who has a beam saber mobile suit. And a leak in his cockpit, apparently. All of them seem to have leak. Like, none of them can survive underwater. And at some point, I think either in this episode or the next one, they're like, oh, spacesuits don't work well with water. I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> well, specifically, they mention water pressure. Like, they, they don't handle water pressure very well. Which, like, if you think about it, that makes a little bit of sense. But then if you think about it, that makes no sense. I'm reminded of the Futurama episode in which they go underwater. How many how many atmospheres can this ship take, Professor? Well, it's a spaceship, so I'm going to assume somewhere between zero and one. Last One Piece joke, not counting Roran or Zoro jokes. Obviously, those are on the table. I promise. Uh, <laughs> but that you're saying, like, then you think about it a second time and you realize, I-, I wanted to do our One Piece reread through an absurdist lens. And I was like, that's a great idea. One Piece is super absurd. And then I thought about it for two seconds. And I'm like, One Piece might be the most anti-absurdist work of fiction in existence. <laughs> like, it's an absurdist work of fiction from the point of the villains, but... <laughs> This rubber dude just rocks up to your island, kicks the ever-living shit out of everybody you know, and then leaves. Yeah. After you have already failed at your dream and settled for being a terrible tyrant, instead of, like, after giving up on your dream, a rubber dude just comes and beats you up and takes that away, too. (laughs) That guy's got a sword in his mouth. What's even going on here? So he calls out to the megafauna who he gets into contact with and is like, hey, I'm chasing this guy, but somebody else is chasing me. This kind of sucks. Help me out here. And they're like, hey, where are you, Bellary? There's too much magnetic interference, I guess. The GIT bread roll. They said there's like a C or something. I do love Naredo being like, yeah, I hate bread rolls you can't eat. <laughs> she's encountered a lot of those, I guess. I think when she mentions the bread roll, I think she's talking about that Chikara mobile suit. Yeah, no, I think she's talking about the Grod, the big mobile armor. Not mm. not Chikara's. The one uh, Kuhn is in. Kuhn? Is that her name? I yeah. think so. Kuhn Soon. Yeah, you're right, Kuhn Soon. I just, like, you know, I just feel like her name should be something Kuhn and not just Kuhn, but... You paused it on a very funny shot of Giselle. Yeah, Giselle flirting with this old man for some reason. I Like, this is entirely too much of this episode. I don't think it's like a terrible joke or anything. She's not even really flirting with him. She just seems to have a crush on the dude. <laughs> she does turn bright red, which is kind of funny. But there she has also been... shrieks, and there's just, like, a moment of the entire crew just staring at her. <laughs> well, I mean, she did just yell out, so everybody's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, again, it's just, I don't need it in the story. It's also not been set up in any way. Yeah, it just kind of comes out of left field here. I just had the thought of, like, where's Bellary? Well, have you checked the big fuck-off hole that's just spewing water into space? That might be a good place to start. So we cut to Captain Kind, captain of the Crescent ship, and his XO being hassled by Flaminia. And the like, hey, these are called padlocks, right? And Flabby's like, oh, wait, I've seen these weird cartoon bombs before. You see them at parties, right? And I love how this is just a threat. It was never a bomb because they look so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I love the twist that they're just like weird party favor things. It's I'm, pretty good, actually. It, it is actually really funny. <laughs> and and the uh, Crescent Ships XO like nearly dies of a heart attack when they pop her. I mean, they both kind of do. Yep. 
Yeah, I, I love that. I love how dumb they looked and that I love this joke. I love that it enforces the theme of how naive everybody kind of is about war and weapons, that this threat actually totally worked on them. Uh, then so Flammy and her sidekick notice that the Tam police are here and are like, let's get out of here, Scoob. And one guy is like, someone is saying that somebody broke the sea. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, and Captain Kind is like, yeah, broke the sea. That doesn't sound good. What the fuck does that mean? Although he lives here, right? Yes. We cut back to the bridge of the megafauna where Naredo asks if they can still, if the fish deal is still on from last episode. And then I do, we cut to the megafauna mobile suit core launching and I love how eclectic it is. Like you have the GRK flanked by the Grimoires, but then just Curbs comes out and then these two Toa Songan mobile suits. It is really great because like they are a, <laughs> like kind of a mismatch of different organizations and people at this point. Well, and like we've talked before, the different factions' mobile suit designs are fairly distinct, so that, like, they don't even look like they go together. Maybe they should paint them all the same color. So the Megafauna crew starts celebrating that they're probably not going to get murdered by a civilian laboratory, which will make this mission easy. Cause and there are no guns shooting at us in this area, so one of them stops by and is like, Megafauna, go to Rosario 10 thing, we'll be right there. One of the 10 police, specifically. And they're like, ah, cool. Ida stops and is like, what is, what are Ringo and Curbs doing? And the answer is sexual harassment. <laughs> but well, actually, it's, Curbs noticed a line hanging out of the, uh, the Neodu, and it's uh, Manny and Naredo for some apparently reason. had stowaways. And then Curbs kills them by flinging them off You had the space. same thought I did. <laughs> well, I was thinking he probably killed them because of the torque when he starts spinning them around, but... Yeah, he does this thing where he, like, twirls them up ba- on the rope that they were stowing away with. Um, it looks like they they should be dead. Um. <laughs> well, they're just turning into llamas, though. I like these, like, dragon heads that are on the shore here. Which also spew water back into the ocean. To refill it, apparently. Uh, we cut to the GIT lab out on the wharf, and we see they have an even bigger, dumber mobile armor. One of the mobile suits that was, like, on top of this huge double mobile armor thing pushes another guy off of it. And then we've got, I think this is probably the last dude of the GIT Corps. I can't decide if he looks like a One Piece character or a Yu Yu Hakusho character or a Hunter <laughs> Hunter character or a JoJo's character. I was, He's one of them. <laughs> I was thinking I got JoJo character vibes from him. Um, as a person who's been watching a lot of Hunter Hunter recently, he also looks like he would belong in there. I do kind of like the, uh, like this huge mobile armor kind of being piloted by a different mobile suit. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. The Concta Venus. I really like the idea. I wish it did literally anything. It, it vaguely menaces Bellary at one point. So Kia is like, I'm going to kick my pretty cool Gundam and attach it to this big mobile armor. All my minions go stop them while I do that. Apparently the hole has gotten too big for it to automatically seal. Then we cut to Bellary using a house as a shield and the horrified civilians of said house. It's really dumb, but I also kind of like this poor dude. It strikes me as a Flintstones joke for some reason, and I don't (laughs) know if that's true or why, but... Um, I do also like that Bellary is basically just having a Slim Jim while he's waiting. (laughs) Snap into a Slim Jim. R.I.P. in peace. For a second, I thought he was going to, like, park his mobile suit and take that boat that's right next to one of those, like, refilling things. So as Zach said, Captain Kia docks into the giant mobile armor while his tech is saying, hey, maybe don't. Maybe don't shoot the giant microwave cannon we have in this when our problem is holes in our space station. 
especially when your cockpit is already leaking. But then Kia does a war crime by catching this guy. He doesn't do a war crime by catching him. The guy was about to like be sucked out and fly out of the thing. He saves well, the dude. What what you don't see is that he then holds him by his leg and just spins him. Um. <laughs> Apparently, at some point during this, Bellary has gotten close again and is being attacked by uh, Chikara. Yes, this one is Chikara. I uh, love the shot of him hitting the water and Bellary punching him from outside of it. Yeah, it's some really good animation. This episode, I think, unfortunately, has some pretty mixed combat stuff. I think the first half is really, really good, and the second half is a bit early G-Reco, and it's blocking, but I love Bellary, like, half falling into the sea and punching him, and be like, hey, I fought wars, you know? Sea wars. <laughs> I I also like how Bellary's goal is to not, is to immobilize the dude without causing his mobile suit to explode. So Rosenthal, who is the JoJo's character, shows up. And he's like, ah, will you fight us two on one, Mr. Earthnoid? I've got a spinning palm. Will you fight us both? I mean, he probably yeah, could. I can beat you both. <laughs> but this he, shouldn't be hard. But he retreats. So the rest of the Megafauna's mobile cert corps decides to go in and check what's going on, especially since Captain Kind said, hey, could you like make sure the terrorists aren't doing anything too bad? And the police get confused and they're like, man, are the Earthnoids prisoners of the crescent ship and then manny has the most infuriating line in the entire series <laughs> i <laughs> found this line hilarious when the radio's like hey do you think does he think prisoners can just walk around free must be a cultural difference that they think that here it's not as if that's how prisoners <laughs> have worked in that way this entire series they don't right? think the same way we do you mean literally how you guys have always done this also why did you just put your face shield up you literally just came inside yeah, isn't the first thing you do when you come inside, take off your gloves? <laughs> take off your breathing apparatus? So we get like a comic book slash page of everybody's like reaction to them entering into Waterworld here. Which I think would work if it wasn't for the dramatic irony that we already know what they're walking into. Because we've seen Bellary in it. I think it would work really well if this was our first time seeing it. But although they get a much more civilian version with cars and stuff. So Naredo and Manny jump off their rope and are like, all right, we're going to go rifle through their lab to see if there's any cool stuff we could steal. Sneaking mission time. <laughs> yeah, they even do a sneaking thing. But Ida instantly is like, hey, I'm going to get in contact with Bell. So uh, everybody go out there and let's see who we can fuck up. So then we cut to Rosenthal showing up and it's like a weird cut because it's just like kind of happens and he's fighting Curbs and Lewin and Uriah. It is a Zagaki. It's and like it's got, Zipaki, but... And it's got manipulators for grappling girls for tentacle attacks. Luckily, there is a, a samurai sword-wielding Ringo here to save the day, so there's no more sexual harassment. <laughs> My manipulators! <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's pretty good. So Chikara's like, we must dive into the full no moon to escape, but Rosenthal sees, here's the Pink Panther music, so he checks his <laughs> monitor and sees Naredo and Manny sneaking in the da 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 pose in broad daylight in the middle of the street. I was gonna say- Yeah, it's ridic it's absolutely ridiculous. Especially Naredo is like definitely in the sneaking posture. They're full, they're full holding left trigger. Like, it would make a lot more sense- in a way, for them to be, like, crouched down like this, if it was, like, really, really windy and it had shown that. But we haven't seen that, and it doesn't seem to be. But Chikara's like, hey, let them. We have to deal with the getting the full moon ready. <laughs> so Bellry kicks some random grunt into the ocean over at Bellry Town. 
I mean, it's like a, it's like a full blown axe kick, which is pretty good. Then he turns around to see a biblically accurate angel mech. Yeah, a big eye looking at him. The conk de Venus, which is going to conk him after and, the eye catch. And Belry says what everybody is thinking. It's just one thing after another. What the fuck is going on? Yo, dog, I heard you like mobile suits, so I put a mobile suit inside of your mobile armor so that you can crash your mobile armor into the ocean. Hi, everyone, it's me, the Muffin Man, known for my specialty chocolate chip muffins, where the chocolate chips are actually these mid spots. Um, thank you for listening to episode 21. The one where an insane man decides to correct his mistake by wasting billions of dollars on crashing a mech suit into the ocean. The important part, I guess, is that that ocean is in space. Oh, well. This is the point where I normally plug our Patreon, and I'm gonna, actually. We just posted in the public Gundam feed the first episode of Jeremy's review of the live-action One Piece show on Netflix. It's interesting. It, it, it's weird because we're doing the One Piece reread at the same time, and the manga is so much better than this live-action adaptation, but it's also a surprisingly good live-action adaptation? I'm not sure what to think. Uh, but if you're into that, the second episode is up on our Patreon, and I think the rest of Jeremy's recap of this will be up there. I'll be in an episode. Uh, some random people that you've never heard on the podcast before will be on some episodes. Uh, so if that sounds like a good time, you can head over to our patreon.com slash last podcasts um, and check that out. Also, hey, it is winter season. Um, feel free to hang around our Discord if you feel like chatting. If the cold weather is getting to you, um, I made candied ginger yesterday to stave off the cold, the dark, and the silence. And uh, honestly, ginger does a pretty good job at that. So on that lovely note, um, let's go see some cool dragons spouting ocean water back into the ocean. That seems practical. <laughs> Uh, after the eye catch, we cut to Naredo and Manny succeeding at their sneaking mission. Uh, apparently, they aren't big on defenses around here, but maybe that's just because everybody from the GIT labs is elsewhere, except for the two guys that were on break when everybody left. Yeah, this is like, I'm not sure how much military is here. Like, I'm not sure what they're afraid of. I don't think they need machine guns because the cops are going to show up, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, the two people are easily dispatched by Naredo using her slingshot for the first time in the series. She just threatens them, and they look out the window, and there's curbs. Oh no, she does. She does shoot off the like their like welders. And man, is like, ooh, I found a new mobile suit. Dibs <laughs> by pirate law. <laughs> and Curbs is kind of like weirdly taking charge of a lot of things because he's like, Ringo, go check under the mountain. Well, he is Ringo's boss. We know that. Mariah said, hey, listen to Curbs, he's your boss. So random tech who has been defeated by Naredo and is thus now her friend is like, oh yeah, that's the G Lucifer. It's our cool uh, mobile suit named after a devil. And Manny's like, ah, oh, maybe it's even easier to pilot than a Mac knife because it's up to universal standard. Honestly, I've been waiting for us to run across the G Lucifer for a while. Well, it's here now. I was to say, is it in one of the super robot wars? When Mariah gets her memories back in V... She also gets the G-Loose for at the same time. Gotcha. So now Manny gets a pilot, Satan. So Kia is attempting to microwave <laughs> Bellary, who responds with, I'm no fish, I won't let you microwave me in the oven. But Bellary goes for an attack and finds out that this also has manipulators so this, with beam swords attached. This fight isn't stellar, and it kind of has the problem of uh, 
play sets and toys. The like, blocking just isn't as good as earlier fights, too. It's a lot harder to figure out what's going on. The Grodd shows up to help Kia, but then it's hard to tell, like, who's doing what. And, and we find out that Kunsun has absolutely zero points in perception. <laughs> because she missed the giant whirlpool beneath her. <laughs> well, and the she, fact that there's a hole in the ocean. She shows up, shoots missiles at Belry. And Kia's like, no, don't use missiles because there's a big fuck off hole in the floor. May, may I point out just the awful pan cut to zoom in pan that yes. they just did on Belry? It you was may. so bad. <laughs> Belry hits the ceiling and is like, oh, that's weird. We don't have those on Earth. I though I do love the way the like paneling is shown that it looks like sky from far away, but if you get close to it, it's transparent. No idea how that works, but I like it. And uh, Bellary does have a good point of if I keep my back to the ceiling, they won't fire on me because they already have a big hole in the floor that they have to fix. And Kia's like, I guess instead of fighting that Earth Noid, I should fix this giant hole in the bottom of the floor. I'll just use my giant mobile armor to plug the hole. One thing that I don't, I do kind of like. Is that as he like gets ready to like dive in on this thing, it shows that Bellary did some damage to the Cirque Delay because one of the like arms is is hanging open instead of closing, and then it like breaks off when it hits the water. Wait, didn't he already have his visor down in the previous shot? He what? took it up because they just cause um in between shots because they just do that all the time. So Captain Key is like, time to do a heroic sacrifice, just like Roronoro Zoro would. <laughs> Kuna's like, no, don't. <laughs> Take this buoy. And he's like, the buoy is in my way. And throws it back. <laughs> I shall plug the hole. So Kuhn dives after him. Unfortunately, her mobile set is not watertight. And we see a giant hand, hand is not the right word, but panel of the Conch Venus going through. And she's like, hey, at least like escape with your mobile suit that you literally plugged into that giant mobile armor. That should be fine. Uh, and then let me go ahead and shoot missiles at Belry again. Billy takes out one of the missiles, but the other one unfortunately hits the ceiling and causes another hole. This one can be automatically repaired, though, and I do like the shot of the, like, repair Bubble system. Gum. Yeah. It just kind of gums up the hole. Um, but Kuhn is like, oh, that was a dumb thing I just did. Anyway, time to go get my commander. And she's like, commander, why are you not ejecting? And he's like, because I get advantage on all rolls if I'm doing heroic sacrifice. Have my share of fun when you reconquer Earth with the cool ship I made you. I mean, you are in a spacesuit, so it would be very easy to simply get out. Although at the same time, like, depending on how it is, ejecting into the water pressure may actually be worse. Well, it uh, might be like ejecting into a concrete wall based on where he is. So he may not actually be able to eject. But because Kunsun manages to get her cockpit outside, she ejects into space. And then immediately takes off her helmet. Despite the fact that she apparently had a leak in her cockpit that led in water, so it should be a big fuck-off hole somewhere in there. Uh, you know, so I, I was commenting earlier that these make no sense, but it actually makes a lot of sense that they rely on positive pressure. There's just so much pressure inside that it prevents... Well, no, that wouldn't make any sense, because all the air would just leak out into space. And she'd be going off spiraling away somewhere right now, because there would be air venting. Yeah, no, I, these make no sense. <laughs> Gundam gravity. <laughs> that enemy. <laughs> and he rolls pretty well to get, like, a uh, death conversation. It's like, no, the ship you prepared, we can leave any time. Please, Captain. Jeremy won't have an excuse to make any more One Piece jokes if you die. <laughs> I like these mobile suits that, like, have sirens going. Yeah, Kunsun gets arrested by the ten police. And Bellary's like, I, I guess that guy was not as much of an asshole as I thought. 
But man, isn't it weird that there is just an ocean in this space station? Wild, huh? So they all fly back to the GIT lab, where Manny and Naredo have finished looting the new mobile suits. I love how Lewin's immediate reaction is, oh shit, reinforcements, and everybody pulls guns on it. But it's fine, it's just the G-Arcane, being piloted by Manny. G-Lucifer. The G-Satan, piloted by Manny. <laughs> the G-Beelzebub. <laughs> Ooh. The G-Old Scratch. <laughs> I love how Naredo's response is, we stole our first mobile suit. It's like everybody's uh, rite of passage, just steal a mobile suit. And now with an even more, the G Lucifer is so weird. It's got like centaur vibes and like these giant wing pauldrons. It uh, it's reminds got, like a weird skirt thing. It reminds me a little bit of the Cubile, actually. I can see that. So Narita's like, I'm surprised you can learn up, you can pilot a mobile suit, Manny. Then Mask teach you, and he's like, of course. And she's like, of course not. He didn't give me any tips on my golf swing. <laughs> Apparently, all the statues are water and air ball supplies. Sure. Why not? And they get waved in by the 10 police. Everyone's like super impressed that there are residential buildings. Well, I think it's because it's like it's a full kind of city in addition to that big ocean. So like kind of a holy shit, this place is huge. It's also one of the most impressive cities we've seen in Reconquista and G, right? That's like, a fair point. Ameria probably has some stuff like this, but this seems more impressive than the capital or anything we saw in Toasanga. Yeah, Toasanga's the cities were kind of run down from where they saw. And besides, this place has a bumper crop of corn. Apparently. Um, I do like that they have, like, multi-tiered, like, harvest land. They actually just, like, built columns to have more farmland on. Then they go out to be like, hey, thanks for everything, Captain L. Are Flaminia and Jan hanging out with you? Like, oh, no, they want to deal with the plot. They want to fight another day. So, uh, okay, we're leaving. Glad we went back out into space just to do that. Ida sees a giant rose and is super impressed by this. I guess it is a rose bigger than the crescent moon ship, but... Ida says the rose it was here like she's seen it before. I I assumed it was something to do with the cryptic prophecy that they get got inside the crescent ship, but I didn't go back to verify. And then we get a comedy scene of somebody falling over. And then getting up to hit their head. Then the entire Megafauna crew is like, ah, man, just not your day. You know, initially, because it was such a comedy thing there going on, I thought it was going to be one of those uh, situations where it's like, this is actually the person in charge. Yeah, unfortunately, no. The person in the giant curly wig behind them and is like, oh, thank you for saving my town. As a quest reward, here, have this heat-resistant coating. <laughs> You all gain 1,200 experience. And uh, executive officer's like, oh, I've heard of that. Now you can take a long rest at my manor. Anyway, this uh, is President Lagoo. style of his, like, announcer. What the hell is that? It, it, well, I was going to say it's almost a beehive, but not quite. It's a double updo? Lagoo is like, I apologize for being a terrible president and allowing terrorists in my nation please have a feast of fish and apparently they are now talking about collecting or connecting the six seas of venus globe into a single unified ocean we did not know that there were six of them until just the second and this dude drops the thing of well humans mutate yeah and if they people learn that they will give in to despair and i just like what you mean like x-men I love how Bellary is like, I'm not paying attention, and then he just hears the word mutate, and he's like, oh, wait, a people? And Naredo's like, hey, how old are you, Lagoo? And he's like, I am not yet. 200. And like, so you're more than 100. 
<laughs> I mean, I could technically say that. I am not yet 200. <laughs> and you would be technically right. So then we end in an awkward scene of them all going, oh, wow, that's weird, including Bert. And that's the end of the episode. Uh, clearly, they have landed on a colony of space vampires. They can all be outside during the day because there's not real sunlight. They're not space vampires, Tyler. You should know better than that. Space vampires are far more bloodthirsty. I'm pretty sure they're all vampirates, canonically. <laughs> They are all vamping pirates, at the very least. Yeah, so what did you think? I like some of the action in that episode. It seems weirdly fast at the end. Like, Kia's sacrifice makes sense, and I like it as a redemption since he caused the problem. But he, he comes to the conclusion, oh, I must sacrifice myself rather quickly and abruptly. <laughs> and then all the stuff with Lagoo is like, oh, we need to expose it as quickly as possible real quick. We have two minutes to do it. I mean, I kind of agree with you on that because, like, he doesn't seem like, oh, I need to sacrifice myself and to f- fix the problem. It's literally like, hey, look, we brought out this new playset and or toy. Please buy it. It's not going to show up again because, hey, look, we crashed it into the floor um, and left it there. So it's like, you set kind of set this up. I kind of wish you'd not gone into the like tail end of this episode and had it drag on the fight and him have to like make that choice later. As opposed to just midway through the episode going, all right, I guess it's time for me to go leave the... Uh, Leave the plot here. Exit stage left. Well, especially or exit stage down, I guess. Like in next episode, mild spoilers. Everyone talks very fondly about this guy, and like he has had very little character development. I mean, the most we've seen him, he's been antagonistic towards us, which is fine because we're ostensibly on the side of Bellary and the megafauna, whereas he's not. But we aren't really shown any reason why all these people are you know, particularly fond of their commander. Like, he doesn't do anything that makes you be like, yes, this is a man everybody's going to follow. Well, especially they're supposed to be part of, like, the research division, I guess. And also they're, like, defecting for re Like, we never get a clear read on their motivation, I feel, unless that happens much later. I'm assuming they want to conquer Earth based on things they say later. You you see, Tyler, ah, after 10,000 years, they're three. It's time (laughs) to conquer Earth. No, okay, that makes sense, uh, obviously. (laughs) Uh, You have a high point, Tyler. It might actually be uh, Naredo Amani's Pink Panther adventures. Um, (laughs) Mostly just so that they get to do something. Manny gets a mobile suit. That's mildly important. Zach? I think mine is going to be the uh, the very brief fight between Bellary and that Chickamaw guy. Where Chikara? He, like, whatever. Or <laughs> he like punches Chiclet the dude gum. through the uh, through the water spout. I really like that shot. I'm gonna go with the water bombs popping and the fact <laughs> that like there is ridiculous G.I. Joe bombs look ridiculous because they are in fact toys and not bombs. I think that's genuinely a very funny joke. Do you have a low point, Tyler? Um, I think I'm going to go with a low-hanging one on this, and, uh, man, I forgot the non-Shikara guy's name. Uh, Rosenthal? Yes, thank you, Rosenthal. Uh, just randomly showing up and punching curbs. Uh, he's just there all of a sudden. A column explodes into water. Zach? I think mine is going to be a little bit more general. The fight here tends to just have, like, this event happen, and you're like, Wait, why? Like, he was just over there. He is now teleported across. Are they right next to each other? So shouldn't Bellary be able to see him? Why? What? Like, the 
the space of this fight makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, it's like as Jeremy was saying. It has very early Reconquista, as well problems. as like the, the the time in between events. This happened, and then like immediately later, he's pun like he threatens Bellary, and then like immediately later he's punching Curbs, and it's like, wait, wait, what? We just saw Curbs get here. Like, <laughs> what? I'm going to go with Lagoo showing up and like almost everything he does from the here is your quest reward to the time for me to exposit at the end of the episode, but it doesn't really connect to anything or make logical sense. It kind of feels like they were like, okay, we need to tie up the Venus globe right away because there's more important things to be doing. And it's like, but we just spent four episodes getting here. I also don't really understand. I mean, this is more a thing for next episode, I guess, but I don't really understand Venus globes deal as far as it relates to the themes of the show oh this is probably the set of episodes that's going to benefit most from us watching the movie right after where they're like (laughs) oh shit we forgot to do anything that's fair enough (laughs) do you have an mvp tyler man i already forgot his name the head of the oh captain kia Kia? yeah thank you captain kia uh I guess he he does a lot of stuff. He does heroically sacrifice himself he drives basically this entire episode until he dies right that's mostly just me trying to avoid giving it to Bellary um, by default, but... Zach? I mean, you're not wrong. I kind of want to say Naredo because it made me laugh whenever she did anything this episode, but I don't think that's quite true. I think I have to give it to Kia, though, because like Jeremy said, he kind of drives this whole episode, despite the fact that a good chunk of it is basically him fixing the thing he fucked up in the first place. Yeah, I'm going to go with Kia as well. All right, we have three mobile suits that got blown up this week that are not on our list. Which one do we, do we want to start with? Giant mobile armors? Do we want to be, do we want the regular suit flanked by mobile armors? What what three do we have? We have the Gaon, which I think is actually the Jon, but it is a hard G, uh, or but it is spelled with a G rather than a J. Key have, mobile suit. We have the Grod, which is the mobile ar- suit okay, with yeah, the two balls, and, yep. the, and then and the Conch the- de Venus. Okay, let's go big to small because why not? So I, I guess the smallest. Yes, I, I think the Conch de Venus is probably the biggest. Yeah, and if it did anything, it would be cool, but it doesn't, so it's not. Is where I am on this. I think this is probably the worst mobile armor we've had. I mean, I think I don't think it's the worst mobile armor we've had, but I think it is like the worst giant enemy mobile armor uh, thing. Although the the Agrisa, which is the thing that man, what was that guy's name? He had uh, a beard. Yep. Ali Al-Sanchez. <laughs> yes. yep. now, Ali Al-Sanchez had tried to microwave Setsuna. Setsuna and is at 186, and I think it is worse than the Agrisa. I think it is, too. I mean, it does have the kind of the cool factor of it is a mobile armor piloted by a mobile suit. I don't understand how it's practically supposed to be used in combat, because it has some microwave stuff, and, like, that takes a while. It has to get right up in its face. I mean, face. they do say that it isn't complete yet. So maybe it's supposed to, those are supposed to actually fire beam weapons or something. Oh, that's fair. Instead but, of it just be basically a huge grill. But I think it is cooler than a standard Mobius. I agree. It looks cooler than a Mobius, at least. I think I prefer the Mobius, because I think this thing looks like ass. Well, you're outvoted. But I'm outvoted, so it doesn't matter anyway. I also like it more than the Bobby. I agree. Bobby's a I, low bar. I don't, because I think the Bobby actually feel, has a point. Like, it fills a role. This thing doesn't, besides sell more playset and toy. It's I, working on me, is what I will say. It's it's selling itself to me. I don't want to buy a model of this, or see a model of this, though. <laughs> um, I never want to see a model of also, this. Also, they don't usually sell the big scale ones, so I don't even know if it's for that, really. I don't think it's as cool as the Oliphant. Mm. I don't think it is. I mean, I've hated... I I don't like this thing, so I think it's worse. 
I think I prefer it to the elephant, but I am outvoted. So the Conk de Venus goes at number 189 above the Bobby and below the Oliphant. Uh, next, we'll do the Grod, which I do think is better than the Conk de Venus. We at least think it doing stuff, um, although I'm yeah, not a big fan of it. I'm not a huge fan. It kind of feels like a worse version of that Zamzazaw. I mean, yes, but the Zamzazaw is very high. I like its stupid tether balls. Um, for some reason, those are endearing to me. Like they're kind of like funnel light. Yeah. So I like it more than the Agrisa. I agree. I don't, but I'm outvoted. I don't know that I like it more than the Alvatore, which is the dumb golden mobile armor that, <laughs> oh man, what was that guy's name? Had at the end of the first <laughs> half of Gundam 00. Um, I not ribbons. The don't ribbons. remember. Oh, no, what? Alejandro, Alejandro Corner. Corner. Yep, <laughs> that's it. I, I got Corner. I couldn't remember Alejandro. I honestly think I like the big dumb golden mobile armor better. Okay. I do too, so. I think it is better than a Leo. I mean, I'm kind of the fan of the Leo on this podcast. I think the Leo is a better design. This thing feels way too just extant. <laughs> like, the Leo has a has, has an actual, like, it feels like it has a design. Like, it is a trooper. I actually really like the Leo's gun, too. Like, this thing is just like, yeah, draw a circle, draw a circle next to it, and then connect them with just an oval, and you're good. Like, you I just don't... described how to draw Kirby. Uh. <laughs> I know I did. But Kirby is supposed to look like that. This thing is supposed to be something I'm supposed to think is cool. Um, you almost sold me on a Leo over this thing, but I think the Grod. All right, so the Grod goes at number 181 above the Leo and below the Alvatore. Last but not least, we have the Jayon, which I think is the cool one okay. of the bunch. This thing, I agree with you. I think this thing actually looks cool. I have no idea where to start, so I think I'm just going to go to the RX-78-2. Do we think it's better or worse than the RX-78-2? I think so. Like I, you quite, think better? I think it is better than the RX seventy eight two. It I really like like its back its claw backpack that it has. Like I think that's really cool. The funnels is also a nice touch. Tyler, I think I also prefer it to the standard ass Gundam. The fact that it's got like the stupid funnel things puts it over for me. The reason I wouldn't is just because I really don't like its head shape. But I I think at the end of the day I agree with both of you. But that's the thing that gives me pause. I actually really like its head shape and like the face, how it's kind of like the digital like face readout thing. How do you think it compares to weird gatekeeper the Gaia Gundam? The gatekeep girl boss Gundam. I don't like it as much as the Gaia, again because of the face. I like both for a lot of the same reasons, but I think I like the Gaia more. I think I prefer the Gaon in part because I think the Gaon has a better color scheme. Like, I actually really like that, like, lavender and white color scheme it's got going on. The claw backpack is actually really cool, in my opinion. And I, like I said, I, I actually kind of like its head. Um, So I kind of disagree about the color scheme because I like the Gaia's color scheme, which is, like, black with, like, gold and red highlights, Yeah, right? but it's a standard color scheme. That like, is We fair. see that all the time. I think, overall, I do actually like the, the chunkiness and the overall silhouette of the Gaon better, so... I think we are getting where it goes, though. Yeah. How do we think it compares to the Aegis Gundam? Speaking of more beam sabers. <laughs> I actually like the Aegis Gundam, which is weird for me. I know. I think it's because of the foot beam sabers. The foot beam sabers help. Um, I think I prefer the Gaon just barely, but... It does have a dumb crab mode. Do I think that's a point in its favor <laughs> or a point against it? Dumb crab mode with a big gun. Um... I think I prefer the Aegis, mostly just for the foot beam sabers. Yeah. Crab mode. Look, <laughs> you, you're unselling me on it. I already said it, though, so I'm not going to take it back now. 
How do we think it compares to the Blitz Gundam? I like it more than the Blitz. They have similar, they look similar in my head. The Jayon is like a more symmetrical Blitz in a lot of ways. That is true. Blitz was the stealthy, sneaky one, right? Correct. I think I prefer the Gaon. Okay, that's two votes above. How do we think it compares to the Wuxia, which is a big booster pack? I think I prefer to the Wuxia, too. I think I prefer Um, the Gaon over the Wuxia. How do we think it compares to the Grimoire, which I don't like, so I think it's better than. I think slightly better than in my... I think it's better than the bog standard Grimoire. Okay, so the Jayon goes at number 73 above the Grimoire and below the Aegis Gundam. Not bad. Yeah, it's a surprisingly good showing for this random suit that's been around for two episodes. <laughs> That'll do it for episode 21 of Reconquista NG, unless you guys have any final thoughts. This one has the problem of this episode being one long fight and the fight being kind of a mess. I think it would be fine if they didn't try to pack that exposition on the end, because that makes it feel like they didn't have time, right? Whereas the last couple episodes have been like slow builds, so I think they've kind of earned a big fight episode. Well, and the first half of the fight is good, but it does fall apart in the second half. Well, I'm, I'm more of like, yeah, that would be a problem. I think it would work better for me if they had the long fight, cleaned up the choreography so I knew a bit more of what was going on and where it was going on in relation to itself, and had the end of the episode be or be Kia actually sealing the hole, and then you can do the exposition thing next episode. Here it feels tacked on, and it kind of feels like the episode runs a couple of minutes longer than it's supposed to. So, it's is it the worst episode? No, but you are falling back into bad habits. All right. Join us next week for episode 22 of Rico and Gista in G, Reunions in the Earth Sphere. <laughs> Try not to fall asleep while listening to the podcast. Especially if you're driving. <laughs>